as I learn to walk your ways. So day by day, as I follow through my devotion, be unto As I learn to walk your ways, so day by day, as I follow through my devotion, be unto you. I surrender all my wills and all my passions. Yield the faith. And the pleasures of your heart, your rod and staff, are my confidence of peace and my great comfort to be pleasing as a vessel for your drink. I surrender all my wills and all my passions to you to faith. And the pleasures of your heart and staff are my confidence of peace and my great comfort to be pleasing as a vessel for your dream. My heart, my soul, please take control. As I learn to walk your ways, so day by day, as I follow through my devotion, be my heart, my soul, Jesus, please take control. As I learn to walk your ways, so day by day, as I follow through my devotion, be unto you, my devotion, be unto to you, my devotion.
Lord. Yes, Lord. That's why I came tonight. I need every moment to count. So let the lifting of my hands be as the evening sacrifice. Bring sweet incense on my altar. Everywhere, let the lifting of my hands. Let the singing of my song. My worship. Let it touch your heart. My devotion. Touch your heart. Say one more time. Let him hear your voice. Let the lifting of my hands. Lord, let the singing of my song. Father, we thank you. Good morning, everybody. Let's go ahead and give God praise this morning. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We give you praise. 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 Thank you, precious Father. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise, Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh, Lord, my Father. There is no shadow of turnings with thee. Thou changest not, and your compassion never fails. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We love you. We love you. We love you, Lord. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In the name of Jesus, we're praying this morning and we are asking God that he grant us strength in our inner man. The believer's journey is not a sprint. The believer's journey is a marathon. The believer's journey is not a sprint, but it is marathon. A lot of believers try to run it as sprint, so they get to a point that they give up. 
right? Marathon is a very distant race. They say it's usually about 26 miles or 385 yards or 42 kilometers, something like that. It's a long distance race. Those who enter who don't understand how the game work or who are just um, ignorant or egoistic start out in speed. They just enter the race. Oh, yeah, they are running, they are running, they are running, they are running. And there are some marathon that is three hours. But those who understand the game run with patience. They're going slow and slow, slow and slow. And the moment they're about to get to the end, they take off with speed. You see a lot of believers start off their Christian life with so much zeal, so much prayer, so much. It is like somebody who, has, who says, I pray for hours. Let me tell you one of the keys. Somebody who prays for hours does not start prayer with shout. You can't pray. You want to pray 10 hours, 5 hours. You don't start prayer with shout. Before you pray for two, three hours, you're going to get fizzled out. Even if it's in a church program, you, you will go out. You go out. What do you do? You start gradually. So those who are not used to it, you simply know them when you say, okay, we're praying marathon prayer. Oh, yeah. And by the time you've gotten to, let's say it's five hours prayer. By the time it's three hours, you will discover that the person that began with shouting, their voice is out. And the one that began calmly, by the time you are done with three hours, that is when their voice begins to lift, get lifted. So the prayer life of the believer or the journey of the believer, it is not a sprint, but it's a marathon journey. You don't go on holiday because you just had an encounter. You don't go on holiday because you just received a prophecy. You don't go on vacation because your prayer has just been answered, so no more prayer. I have nothing to do with church or God anymore, so let me move on with my life. Some people are not online now because they feel I will not be online. Me. I even thought the program we had, I thought there was another service yesterday evening. I was thinking we had another service yesterday evening. It was later I remembered that it was just one night, it's finished. My body, my spirit, my soul was eagerly alert, ready to pray, teach, and still prophesy. So one of this one of the traps that Satan uses for believers, taking holiday, taking holiday after an encounter is one of the biggest traps. Oh, I'm tired. I've tried. I've done this. Take holiday. Sometimes that is when the real warfare starts. Sometimes when you attend the meeting, you attend the program, maybe because of one or two things, whatever, I can't explain right now. You actually prayed, you encountered God, you confronted the forces of darkness. But actually, what you did was spook the activities of demons. All right? What you did spooked the activities of demons that they are now angry with you. You actually confronted them. You touched something, but you didn't do a total damage to the strongholds. So they now begin to trace, where did this thing come from? Who did this? Who did this? If you read the book of Judges, you will understand what I'm talking about. Gideon went to destroy the family altar based on God's instruction. 
when it was done in the morning, all the wicked men in the family stood up and said, who did this thing? Who destroyed our altar? I thought they should be excited that ah, somebody has finally set us free. So, no, who destroyed our altar? They said, it's Gideon. They said, bring him, we're going to kill him. For destroy the same thing happens in the realms of the spirit. The moment you successfully destroy the agendas of the enemies, they demand for you to kill you. So some persons they take break, and by the time they are done with encounters, they become sick. Some they take break, by the time they are done, things become more difficult. So they will say the program did not work, or the prophecy did no, 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 no. There are strategies to this thing. So the, by your prayer, by your fire, 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 you've gone to touch certain things that begins to react. That is when you're supposed to keep an atmosphere to win over the enemies. But you just feel like, oh, I've, I'm done, I'm done. So let nothing will happen and all of that. And nah, it's not so. It's not so. So... On the marathon race, what you need is strategy, wisdom, and strength. Strategy, wisdom, and strength. I've told us that strength is not the same with energy. Energy comes by, can come by food, but strength comes by courage, by the supply of the spirit. Strength comes from your inside. Energy comes from your outside. You can go to the gym to get to build energy. You can go to eat to build energy. You can take whatever energy drink to get energy. You've never seen any drink, drink called strength drink. It's not there. They call it energy because they understand it's more about the outward. It's more about the outside. So we're praying this morning and we're asking the Holy Spirit, the Father, Strength, strength, Lord, for the journey, strength for the race, strength for the journey, strength for the race, strength for the journey, strength for the race. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, as I pray this morning, Lord, concerning my Christian race, concerning my walk with you, Lord, I receive strength. Lord, I receive strength. Give me strength, Lord. Give me strength, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Give me strength, Lord. Yata parasata. Keta pakusa fatebre ketende veleko sataya. Ila brakon sita bakande velegedosha. Strength, Lord. Strength, Lord. Strength, Lord. Strength, strength, my Father. Strength, Lord. Strength in my inner man. Strength, Lord. Strengthen me. Strengthen me, Lord. Strengthen me to follow you. Strengthen me to wait on you. Strengthen me, Lord. I kapabon shatakadaya. Eli prokoson tiva aleko shayada. Ilakaya. Rasa tabala kon shepeleketuva lataga. I renemeson taladaga. I raba shateboso. Eliman de gedeshes. Uraban sativa ledeshe de gedevaona ladasis. Oh, my Father, strength, Lord, my Father, strength, Lord, my Father, strengthen me, Lord, strengthen me, Lord, strengthen me, Lord. I receive your power. I receive your strength in my inner man, strength in my spirit man, strength in my walk with you, strength in my prayer life, strength, Lord, strength, Lord, strength, Lord, strength, Lord. I receive strength, Lord. 
I receive strength. I receive strength. I receive strength. I will not be weak. I receive strength. I will not be weak. I receive strength, Lord. I receive strength, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' powerful name, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Father, this morning we ask that you strengthen us for the journey. We will not give up. We will not surrender. Every warfare over our life, we will not surrender. Until we win. Until we win. Every blessing we are trusting you for. Every blessing we have received prophetic word for. And we keep holding on to faith to God. We will not give up. Until that word come to pass. Until that word come to pass. Lord, we know your word never fails. We know your word never fails. Lord, we wait on you. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right. So, to the glory of God, we had an awesome prayer conference in Accra just two nights ago. A beautiful prayer conference two nights ago. And um, God was mighty in our midst to his own glory. I wish everyone that was in that meeting is in this meeting. And I pray they would come back to listen to this teaching. It's going to be very instrumental to whatever we've had that night. All right. I'm talking on what to do after a prophetic encounter. That is my teaching right now. What to do after a prophetic encounter. What to do after a prophetic encounter. There is a quote by late Dr. Miles Moreau. He said, when the purpose of a thing is unknown, abuse is inevitable. Some came to test the prophetic if it's real. Some came because they had, they have to come. Some came because somebody dragged them to come. Somebody actually came for an encounter. Someone who doesn't believe in the prophetic, who doesn't believe in prayer and certain things, said to me, said, now I believe God and I believe in prayer. I believe now in the prophetic. He said, I stopped going to church, but now I believe because he himself had an encounter. He had an encounter. So we thank God. But right now, there is an approach. There is something to do. There is something to do. If we, you read the book of Mark chapter 5, that's going to be my key scripture right now. Mark 5, from the beginning, um, Jesus, when he got to the city of Gadara, he came in contact with a man who was insane. He came in contact with a man who was insane. You actually read from verse 1 going down to verse 14, a man who was mad, who happened to be in the grave, stays in the graveyard, cuts himself with all kinds of stones. 
Jesus met the man and the demon began to cry out in the man, fell on the ground, and Jesus, to summarize the story, called the demon out of the man. The demon left, entered into pigs. The demon left and entered into pigs. All right. The demon left and just entered into pigs. And everybody was confused because then they didn't understand deliverance and all those things. But when they saw the manifestations, they knew that this one is different. And the man became fine. So we're going to use that man as an example and as a case study to what were the things that Christ said to him that this is what you should do to be fine. This is what you should do to be able to produce more results, to maintain the encounter that you had received. So let's take from verse, let's take verse 15 now. Let's take verse 15 now. We can do 15, 16. Give me Mark 5, 15, 16. Mark 5, 15, 16. I just want to try to summarize this so that will be done quickly. So it said in verse 15 and 16, and they came to Jesus and see him that, that was. So the state now was now a past state, was possessed with the devil and had the legion. So the man had two problems actually. He had Satan himself, the devil himself is inside, and legion mean 24,000 demons. 24,000 demons plus their master was living inside one man. What happened? They saw the man seated and clothed. And in his right mind, and they were afraid. Because they've never seen a madman got cured before, not talk about an aggressive madman. They saw the man, three things happened. Number one, they saw him sitting. Number two, they saw him clothed. Number three, they saw him in his right mind. Note this carefully, sitting, clothed, and in his right mind, and they were persisting. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. All right. Now, the reason why they were more angry with Jesus was because of their swine died. Now, why did Jesus do what he did? Why did Christ do what he did? Sending the spirit out to the swine. It is not because, some people now say they don't eat swine because um, swine have demons or whatsoever, whatever. No, let me just try to touch this a bit. This is not part of my teaching. Demons don't live in inanimate objects. Demons only stay in living beings. Demons don't stay in pots, wood, um, stick. No. Demons stay in living beings. Dog, chicken. It can even be a rat. It can be a lizard. It can be a crocodile. Demons can enter anything that has a body and has also demons who enter because they need something to think through. They need something they can speak from. They need something they can excise themselves from. So anything that has life, serpent, whatever, they will enter inside. So if Christ, and the moment you, demons don't die, 
That's another thing. They don't die. So if you are taking a demon out of a believer, you should be relocating it to another place. So casting out that demon just out of that city, Jesus might have ended up turning the city to a demon-infuriated city. So as they are leaving that man, don't forget, they were legions and devil, 24,000. That man must have been a very strong man. I gave us why the man had an attack. The man was a man called for a bigger city. So when the demons had left that man, what would have happened is that they would have run into the cities. Even the men who were there getting angry, they too would have been possessed. Their children, their wife, their husband, everything. To explain what I'm saying, you're going to find this in the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew said that when an unclean spirit leaves a man, it goeth round. Alright? When an unclean spirit comes out of a man, it goeth round. Matthew 12, go from um, verse 43. Let's try to take that scripture. I will come back to this. I want us to get this thing clearly. So that anyone that even listened to this after now would even understand what we are talking about. Get me Matthew 12. We're going to come back to Mark 5. Quick, help me, help me, help me. Matthew 12, from verse 43. He said, when... The unclean spirit is gone out of a man. So which means unclean spirit, demons, spirit of lust, spirit of um, madness, spirit of poverty, spirit of barrenness. All these are caused by spirit. They can go out and you will not be free until they leave you. You are listening to me now. You are struggling with lust. You can't stay without sleeping with somebody that is not married to you. You can't stay. Some people are struggling with gluttony. They eat more than they can explain. They don't know what is wrong with them. Some are struggling with anger, unforgiveness, all kind of things. A spirit is behind it. Until that spirit goes, you will not be normal. Spirit can make you poor. Spirit can make you foolish. All right. Now he said, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man... He walked through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. It's not the man now. No, demons do not reproduce, but they can reproduce. If they enter a being, if they enter a being, they can reproduce through that being. If a demon now enters a man, enters a woman, they can now reproduce, but what they will produce will be a human being. But that human being will not be a normal person. So this is why you now see people who some are giving birth to disfigured. Because a demon, that's why I always tell us, having sex in the dream is not a good thing. I've seen people who were pregnant, pregnancy was fine. Suddenly they began to have sexual intercourse in the dream. By the time they gave birth, there was a problem with the child. Because a demon have now interfered with the seed God put in them. Somebody could have a demon, can sleep with somebody else, and by the time they give birth, that child will now grow to become an, a, 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 a demonized child, killing people, become an armed robber, become all kind of things, all right? But in the spirit, demons don't reproduce. I said they don't die. Demons don't die. They don't age. They are the same in the realms of the spirit. So the demon that have been there in the days of Jesus is still dirty now. That's why as a believer, you must be equipped to contend with this spirit because they, they are more wise than you. They are older than you. They are more strategic than you. 
they have met people like you before. So if you come and say, I command you to go, they will say, no, we know the people like you. We know those who don't know us. We know those who don't have power. We know those who have power. So this one, you don't have power. This one, the way you said it, it means you don't know us. You are ignorant. Oh yeah, let's deal with you. All right? That's important. Let me get back to this. So he said when his unclean spirit goes out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and findeth none. It is not the man that walked through dry places. No, the demons. So once a demon leaves a person, the demon begins to go around. The demon begins to go around looking for where to enter. Okay? Looking for where to enter. The Bible said when he walks through dry places, dry place is a place, let me give an example, like Sahara Desert. Dry place is a place where there's no life, no pasture, no human being, nothing. So the demon goes around there. He finds nowhere to stay. Look at the first thing the demon does, verse 44. Then he say it. So demons can speak. So if somebody who is manifesting, begin to speak, begin to speak. It is not them. It's the demon in them that is speaking. Ah, this teaching I'm doing is a different teaching altogether. Demons can speak. So, and he said, I will return into my house from whence I came out. Don't forget, where did the demon come out from? Verse 43 said, when an unclean spirit is gone out of a man. Verse 44, the demon is now calling the man that he left his house. So now, a lot of us have accommodated demons too much. You have created room too much that demons have now noted your house, your body as their house, as their address. Don't forget, they left you or they left the person. They have now gone to stay in dry places. Dry places. I've told you the example of dry places. That's the best example. A place where there is no human being, no life, nothing exists there. They go there, check, 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 check. See, they find that no place to rest. They say, I will go, I will go back to my house whence I came out. All right? That is a demon's mindset now. Where I came from, that is my house. Since I have no other place to stay, that place, I have marked it. So this is what happened now. When you have a house, you have an address. When you have a house, there is something that makes you know your house and when you come, you will not forget. So one is a mind. There is something in your mind. Number two, there's an identification, a street number, a house color, and whatever. So there is something demons put in people. So when you see people, while they are being delivered, they are vomiting, some are urinating, some begin to poo, and all kinds of things. The demon has put something inside of them that he has used to mark them as an address. So if I go, if this man of God is not smart enough to remove this thing, or he doesn't know something, something there, I can come back. That's why deliverance is not a joke. So people come to prophetic meetings. They want the man of God to just do it fast, fast, and let just go. If it were just one person, no problem. There are demons that you can take you one hour to remove. Not because the man of God is weak. Not because, no. But because there are lots of things, lots of things, lots of... And these are people who are always impatient. Another thing I feel sorry for a lot of people is that when they attend prophetic meetings, they attend an atmosphere of fire. 
The next thing that happens to them is that the church they are going back to, there is no fire, there is no deliverance, there is no prophecy, nothing. So because they don't have a place that we teach them this, that we protect them, the demon can get back to them. So the next time they come for your meeting, they will tell you, man of God, nothing changed you. I'm still here, man of God. But you ask them, when I prayed for you, did you feel it? They will tell you, yes, I felt light. I felt like something left me. The pain left. I Hope came back to me. Joy came to me. I was feeling optimistic. But right now, they feel like this is the end of their life. Because in between when the man of God, they had an encounter, and when they went back to the church where they were, something transpired that left a demonic deposit again in them. So he said, the spirit said, I'm going to go back to the house from whence I came out. And when he is come, you need to repose your scripture, please. And when he is come, he findeth it empty. Now, this is where the problem is. When the demon come back, he findeth the body now. So your body can be empty. This is not talking about your intestine, your liver, but it's talking about your spirit and your mind. So there's something to do after deliverance, after encounter. You should not be empty. Funny enough, there are some of us who are empty even without deliverance or anything. You have been empty all your Christian life. So once the demon come and find that it empty, swept and garnished. Ah. So a human being can be empty. Not only that, a human being can be swept. So by prayer, by deliverance, you can be swept and garnished. So the word garnished is that you are now like a baby in the spirit. So every kind of spirit is interested in entering you. All right? You are like a baby in the spirit that every kind of spirit is interested in entering you. Your ground has become so porous and fertile that whatever demon that enters you, they're going to be able to use you, whether it's the Holy Ghost that enters you or Satan. And anyone that had to come, Satan does not often come by invitation. He comes anyhow. But the Holy Ghost would need your invitation to come. That's why I try not to leave any meeting without releasing fire to the people. It is left with you what you do with the fire. Because after deliverance, you need to be filled with fire. Once you are empty, you can be, he said, the place is empty, swept, and garnished. These three things are things that now makes you a prepared ground for spirit to come and take ground. Verse 45, look at what happened. Verse 45. Tell me 45. Verse 45. Then goeth he, the demon now is being caught, then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter into and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first, even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. So when a demon leaves, you are free, you feel light. Some of you only felt tired after the meeting because of the long night. But you discover that you woke up, you felt light. Some of you who maybe used to feel um, discouraged, you used to feel like um, there's nothing working for you. Suddenly, there's hope in you. You feel excited. You just woke up. If it looks like something has just broken, something has changed. It looks like you just bought a car. You woke up, you discover that you have not really bought a car. But I feel different. I feel good. All right. I feel good. What, what is going on at that moment is this. Your body has, you are empty. Your body has been swept. Your spirit has been swept. And you are now garnished. At that moment, you are a great asset to spirits. 
at that moment, you are a great asset to spirits, be it the Holy Spirit, be it demon spirit. So who you allow now is the one that comes to make use of the ground. And look at what he said when demons, you allow demons to come. See, they will go and bring seven more wicked spirits. So let's say the spirit that was inside the person was spirit of marital delay. They leave, and because you kept a, a, an atmosphere that it shouldn't be kept, they come back. See, when they are coming, they will not go and bring seven more wicked. So they can bring back, add seven more spirit of marital delay. They can bring poverty, bring sickness, bring they will miss it. Different kind of spirits come and enter. So eight fresh demons. Imagine one demon that been tormenting you for 20 years, for 10 years, for 8 years. Imagine when they now become eight. Imagine what your life will be like. This was Jesus that was teaching this thing. So that you won't say, oh, um, it's just one. No, it was Christ that was teaching this. See, when they enter the person, he said the previous state of the man, it will look like shouldn't have even gone to church. Ah, I was fine before I went. Since I went to church, everything has been bad. Everything. Because you allowed yourself. You allowed yourself to be used. All right. You just get back my scripture now. Mark 5, 15, 16. Everyone, I hope you understood this now. I hope you got what I just explained. Did you get it? All right. So you must learn to protect yourself. Learn to guard yourself. All right. So he said, and Jesus came after this man was delivered. Three things happened to the man. All right. Don't forget what we just read now. Three things happened to that man. Here too, three things happened to the man. The man was clothed in his right mind. And he was sitting, he was clothed, and in his right mind. Before now, this man does not sit down. Before now, this man does not wear clothes. Before now, this man's mind was not right. So three things transpired. And this three things that transpired was not accidental. It was the man's deliberate decision. So the first thing you do after a prophetic encounter is start making deliberate decisions the first thing you do after an encounter start making deliberate decisions start making deliberate decisions the man made up his mind to sit down the man made up his mind to wear clothes and his mind was not sound. So the Bible is telling us that he is now using his mind to do things. You must start making deliberate decisions. Get your mind to work. Nobody told him he was naked anymore. Nobody told him. The demon was out, so he knew that he was naked. Very quick, he took something to cover himself. If you behave like the old you after an encounter, then you didn't actually experience a change. If you still behave like the old you, think like the old you, act like the old you, then you didn't actually encounter a change. Nothing changes until you change first. The change you are looking for must start with you. So your mindset must change, your routine must change, your behavior must change. Your working system must change. You are somebody who used to sleep a lot. Right now, you should challenge yourself that, hey, it's time to get up. 
It's time to walk. It's time to, you, you, there must be a change in you. What a lot of us do, we receive encounters, we receive prophetic words, hands are laid on us, oil is poured on us, we just sit down and lie down and say, ah, they have said, they have said that my money is coming, so um, let me sleep. I'm sure the oil, the poor, will metamorphose into a human being, go to America, collect a um, dollar from the World Bank, carry it to my house, break my door, and throw it to me. No. What that oil, what that word is to do is to create an advantage environment for you is to open the heart of men when they see you is to make people that forgot you to suddenly begin to remember you is to create favorable environment and circumstances for you to now use your brain to create results not for you to sit down and fold your hands take steps take actions think differently Make conscious effort and take steps in faith. If the man that was just, the demon was just casted out from, if the man had remained naked after the deliverance and the healing, everybody would have thought that he was still mad. Do you, right? If the man was still naked, everybody would have thought that the man was still mad. That's what they would have thought, that the man was still mad. But the man made... The effort and decisions. First thing he did was sit down. He took a cloth and he wore. Took a cloth and he wore. The Bible said his mind was right. So he began to think the way he was speaking changed. From the words coming out of his mouth, you could confirm that, hey, something has changed in this man. Until you change, nothing changes. Until you change. Nothing will change. Nothing will change. So it's time to deliberately get your mind to work. It is time to deliberately get your heart to work. It is time to deliberately sit down, plot out things, take steps. Okay, this is the business I wanted to start. This word has come. Take out steps. Start in the process. Father, I know that there's something new you've begun. Lord, I know that something has been delivered. I know. You, you take scriptures. Father, thank you. According to the scripture the man of God quoted, Colossians 1 verse 13, thank you, Lord, I have been delivered from darkness into the kingdom of light. Listen, like I was, I was telling them on Friday, one of the misconceptions about deliverance is that some people think because they didn't fall on the ground, they are not fine. Some will feel that because um, I didn't prophesy to them, so nothing happened for them. Some would feel that because um, I didn't lay hands on them, so that means they are just, nothing happened. Um, I just wasted my time. Are you serious? So what happened to all the prayers you prayed? What happens to all the declarations? The offering you gave, you think there is nothing you are communicating? In a prophetic encounter, if I didn't church generally, you should be smart. Every, you, you, you must not be attended to one-on-one -on -one for you to get a miracle. Your faith is what is important. Your giving, you can use your giving to attract your miracle. In fact, there, was, there were some who hands were laid on, who received a prophetic word, who their miracle is tied to sacrifice, but they did not sacrifice. And you, that maybe hands were not laid on you, words were not spoken to you, you sacrifice. You can even be ahead of them. 
Are you following me? You can be your, by your sacrifice. You draw more anointing than them. You break more altars than them. You open more doors for yourself than them. Why there are some who just manifested everywhere, everywhere? Because of time, you'll be surprised that out of 100 demons, there were just 80 that left. But you did not come with demons. But by your prayers, by your faith, by the word you have received. So we must change our mindset when we encounter God. Our mindset must be shifted. It must be fixed. It must be fixed. So don't always feel because, 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 because. That's why we're having another meeting. So if there's anybody who felt they were left out or whatever, they should come back. We'll have a, a, a some time. Number two, number two, number two. Mark 5, verse 8, 18. They say, Mark, give me verse 18. Mark 5, give me verse 18. But the truth is, if, if you actually missed out that meeting, you missed it. I was shocked that some of you who are in Accra didn't attend that meeting. I was shocked. Some of you who are members online who are in Accra didn't attend that meeting. You missed out. That is the truth. You missed out. And one funny thing about divine presence is that you can say... I went yesterday, I will not go today. Um, I, I, I won't go today, I will go tomorrow's own. Yesterday's presence and agenda of heaven is not the same with today's own. Yeah. The agenda of heaven yesterday is not the same with today. The agenda of heaven today is not the same with tomorrow. It might be the same person, but the glory, the angelic activities... The mind of God is not the same. It's not the same. All right. Mark 5, 18. So that when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. So when Jesus entered the ship about to go, the man that was mad, that was possessed, he's now fine, came to Jesus. If you could set me free like this, that means you are powerful. Please, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. So the second thing that you should do after a prophetic account encounter is to get addicted to God. Get addicted to God. So the next thing you do is get addicted to God. He said, he went to Jesus and said, please, I want to follow you. So it's not time to take break. It's not time to run. No, it's the time to stay with Jesus. It's the time to stay in prayer. It's the time to stay with the Holy Ghost. It's the time to enjoy God. So now your, body, your life is swept, is uh, empty and garnished. So it's time to refill yourself. To be fruitful in the work of the Spirit. He said to Jesus, please let me follow you. Listen, God is not to be used and dumped. Alright? God is not to be used and dumped. God is to be... You need him forever. He's to be used and carried along. You need him forever. You need God forever. God is not for use and dump. No, you need him forever. 
Whatever you received needs an atmosphere that brought it to fertilize it and to mature it. All right? Whatever you've received in his presence, you need an atmosphere. You need an atmosphere. You need an atmosphere. You need an atmosphere. The same atmosphere that brought it have to fertilize it or incubate it, whatever, mature it until it comes to full manifestation. But a lot of us, we don't understand this. Search. It's time to search for more of God. It's time to get hungry. It's time to go deeper. It's time to get hungry. It's time to go deeper. The time I feel more useless about myself, I'm going to give you the context. I'm just using a, 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 a more vague word so that you can be able to explain what I want to explain. The time I feel more useless about myself is after I manifest God's power mightily. I feel like, okay, so let's do another one. That's how I feel. All right, let's do something. I, at that point, I was feeling alive. Right now, I feel like a dead man. Right now, I feel like a dead man. I'm just feeling too normal. And let's start something else. Let's just get busy. Let's, I wish we, we didn't even end. Those who are around will tell you, after we finished the meeting, I was still ministering to people till, I think, about after eight or so. Still ministering till after eight. Nine a.m., okay. And I didn't even feel anything, like I'm tired, like I didn't feel nothing. That is what the Spirit... Listen, know the scripture we read. One thing is, if you are somebody who easily get tired, you easily feel empty, you easily feel... Your problem is that the Holy Spirit is not working in you or demons are working in you. There's, one of them is wrong with you. All right? Now look at the madman of Gadara. While he was mad, Bible didn't stipulate the years, but he's been there for long. While he was mad, he would take stones cut himself. He doesn't feel pain. That is what spirits do to you. He will be walking around, tearing chains. He doesn't rest. But for the first time after the delivery, the Bible said he sat down. So the moment you begin to feel weak and lazy, it means the supply was not from the spirit. You have been doing it with your strength. Alright? You must learn to lean on the Holy Ghost. Oh, Pastor, I usually have this pain. I'm always tired. I'm always this. The problem, the problem, the problem is that the Holy Ghost was not the one that supplied you that thing. You, you, are, you are not walking with the Holy Ghost. You only know the Holy Ghost by mouth, but it's not read to your body. If the Holy Ghost come, have you not read the Bible? If that same spirit that raised up Christ from death dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal body. So if your mortal body is still weak, the Holy Ghost is not the one behind it. You have to check what is wrong with you. You have to be fervent and strong in spirit. That's a sign the Holy Ghost is there. My pastor will say that. Listen, it's true. It's true. Anybody you see who is always easily always easily sitting down in a hot service and resting on a wall. There's a demon inside of them. I'm sorry to say this. I'm not saying that they are demons, but there is something inside of them weakening the body. The Holy Ghost makes you strong. 
So the Holy Ghost is not just about fire falling and standing, falling and standing. No, that's not what the Holy Ghost is all to. No, fire, stand up, fall down. Oh yeah, take it. No, 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 no. He said, if that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken your natural body. It will quicken it. Me, I'm not the kind of person that like, know how to stand usually. That's why one one work, one department I've never joined in church is protocol. One department I have never done it. I hated it because they stand for too long. This all shadier. I can go and hide and stand. I hated it because I, I don't know how to stand long. I grew up with this pain on my legs and on my waist. When I stand for a, bit, a little, I begin to feel pain. But when the anointing began to permeate through my my body, began to permeate through my system, I discovered that that thing just died off. I can stand and preach all night. I can stand and preach hours in the day. And I'm fine like nothing happened. You allow the Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit cannot weaken you. Somebody cannot make you strong and be making you weak at the same time. The agenda of the Holy Spirit is to make you strong. It doesn't. If you feel weak after an encounter, this is what happened. If you feel weak after an encounter, this is what happened. When spirits leave, you are now back to your normal body. All right? When spirits leave, you are now back to your normal body. So now you begin to feel the stress and the pain of your natural body. The Holy Ghost is not the one making you. It's your natural body now. That is now because your body, in all, your body is still, is your body is a weak vessel. Your body can get worn out, can get tired. So once the Holy Spirit leaves, or he's done with his assignment. You start now feeling the pain or whatever. There are some of you, after deliverance, you feel very tired. You feel very empty. What happened is the spirit that was in you was what was making you feel the burden earlier. So the spirit is gone. Now you are feeling empty. All right? Let me not dwell on this too long. My time is already going. So the second thing you do is to search, get addicted to God. Search for more of him by study, by prayer, by reading books, by doing the things you have to do. Don't just get relaxed. Don't go on break. Don't go on break. Don't go on break. Number three, the third thing you do after a prophetic encounter, the same Mark 5, give me 19 and 20. The same Mark 5, give me 19 and 20. 19 and 20. Oh, Shamagabaha, Sapati, Vrodo, Saladasis. Hear me? Answers are possible. Miracles are possible. Pastor, I've been praying, praying, praying. I don't know what's wrong. This is one of the things that is wrong. After an encounter, you don't know what to do later. After an encounter, you don't know what to do later. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. Can I get that scripture, please? Mark 5, 19, 20, please, please. I'm already late. How be it, Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee, and had had compassion on thee. And he departed, and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. 
The third thing you do after an encounter is spread the good news. Spread the good news. This is a principle of the world. That's why I choose to get all the point out of scriptures. Yeah, this meeting, this meeting will be posted. Everyone that attended this meeting and subsequent meetings should listen to this teaching after every encounter. Should listen to this teaching after every encounter. There is a way. There is a way to protect what you receive. There's a way to multiply what you receive. There's a way to make what you receive a reality. I remember years ago, while I began a pastor, and we were waiting for our ordination. We were struggling in ministry, and we thought that the reason we were struggling was because we were not ordained, because that was the mindset we had, and what those who were ahead of us made us believe. Because you are not ordained, that's why you are, you are not, nothing is working, we are bigger than you, we are stronger than you, and the whole of so we prayed, eager, pushing, do everything for ordination. 2015 came, and we were assigned to be ordained. We got ordained in 2015, went to Nigeria, Papa laid hands on us, poured oil on us. So we're coming back like supermen, like men. If we get back to Ghana, Ghana, we know that men of God are back. We tear down. We will just like, I was in Kumasi then. My, pa my other pastor friend was in Pando. The other one was in Hawaii. The other one was, uh, I think it was in Sugakope or so. And one thing one was in Accra, like, like that. And that was in Denu. So if we come back, ayah, we will tear down everywhere. Or we just like, like something as we enter the altar, we will not even walk to the altar, no matter. We will not walk more, we will just come like with protocol to enter. Yeah, 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 power everywhere, like Superman. Just do Jackie Chan, ignorance, ignorance. Who came back? Charlie, let me shock you. Let me shock you. I, I climbed the altar that Sunday, I didn't see vision. I didn't see Jack. That service was I lasted longer because I wanted to see. Apostle Suleiman had laid hands on me. Do you know who laid hands on me? Do you know who poured oil on me? Apostle Suleiman laid hands on me, poured oil on me. I felt that when he said receive it. So by now, I should be seeing even mosquito in the spirit. I should see everything. I should see your name, your bossa, color. I should see your mother, everything. I should be seeing it. I delayed that service, shouted. I was trying to do small, small, I was not working. I ended up shouting, shouted. You must receive it, I prophesy. The baby, okay, when I shout, I prophesy. Maybe I'll be, the thing will just come out, or I begin to see. Charlie, I did and did and did, it didn't work. I, I, I was disappointed. I told them, I said, I just came back from Nigeria. This service will be different. Watch out. And the members were waiting for different service. They didn't see anything. I said, okay, maybe I just came back. I was tired. I got into Ghana Saturday night to Sunday morning. I was tired, so that's why it didn't work. So let me wait. On Wednesday service, I will manifest better. Charlie, Wednesday, nothing happened. Ah, so I think there are demons in this atmosphere. Let me begin to rebuke them so that um, this thing. I started praying against demons. Nothing happened. I said, now I know what is wrong. Ah, Apostle man had professional instrumentalists. When they are playing, they play very nice. So I'm going to, what I will do on the coming Sunday, I won't allow my keyboardist to play. I will invite a keyboardist that is more matured. Look for a singer. 
you should come and sing. Even if it's 20 minutes, I will pay. Just come and sing so that I can get the atmosphere. I invited a keyboardist, invited a singer, invited a drummer. And they came on and they played, played, played. I said, after an hour, forget it. Forget it. Nothing can happen. And Charlie, while they finished playing, I climbed the altar. I saw nothing. I heard my ear was closed like a dead man. My eyes saw nothing. I was even seeing before I went for the ordination. I came back and I wasn't seeing anything. Ah. My friends really didn't say anything. But me, I'm always the one that always initiates the discussions. So I called one and I said, Guy, I found that's everything. He said, Fine. No, I asked me, Oh, we are doing fine. I said, Bros, wait too. There's something happening to me. I don't know if it's happening to you. Since I came from Nigeria, nothing is working. In fact, even financially, things became tight. I've not seen anything, nothing happened. He said, you too. The same thing, me too. I said, ah, I thought it was only me. I was afraid to say, it. me, I thought it was me, so I was afraid. I called the other person, the same thing. Called the other one, the same thing. Called, well, about eight of us. All of us, the same thing. I said, something is wrong. Ah, how can this great man lay hands on us? And that is when we are now declining. I went into prayer. I went into prayer. Lord, tell me what is wrong. Lord, tell me what is wrong. Lord, tell me. The Holy Ghost brought a parable to me. In a vision, he said to me, take two oil. I said, okay, this is two oil. He said, keep one in a, 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 a pot, in a bowl, or whatever you used to fry meat. Okay. I said, it's, it's there. He said, put another one. I put it. He said, put the right one on fire. I put it on fire. He said, take take chicken. I took it. He said, put chicken in both of them. I put chicken in the cold one, put in the hot one. He said, which one is frying? I said, the hot one. And the vision went out. God, what are you saying? I, I should start selling chicken. I should start frying chicken. I went back to pray, 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 pray. Father, what is going on? What are you saying? God said to me, he said, the oil you receive, you have not cooked the oil. They didn't tell me this. They didn't tell me. Said the oil you receive, you have not cooked the oil. There is no heat on the oil, so the oil can't produce your result. The oil is there, but it can't produce. Lord, how does oil get cooked? The oil have been poured on me. I came back. I took my bath. So what do I do? He said it's time to get into fasting and prayer, generate spiritual fire to cook up the oil. So there are two sets of people that come in contact with an encounter. Number one is somebody who was already hot. All right? Somebody who was already hot. The moment the person receives an impartation, the gift begins to manifest instantly. I pray for people who began to prophesy immediately, not days later. Immediately. Immediately. Just lay hands on them. Receive the prophetic instantly. I prayed for some who I know this one, they had to go back to fast or they have to stay in contact with this anointing that is on me for a while before this thing will begin to function. I remember a time ago, I wanted an impartation from a mentor of mine. I came and he lay hands on me, said, you professor, receive it and all that. I was excited. I got back home. I didn't see anything. I went back, I said, let me go and ask this man a question. What is wrong? Uh, what is this? After all this, in fact, I carried almost everything I had to go and suicide. Why? 
What is this? If you didn't give me the original and come and give me ignorance. And while I was in the meeting, he called me. He said, last night I saw myself sewing a shoe for you. I was making a shoe for you. No, I want. I gave you my shoe to wear. He said the shoe did not fit in. I gave you my shoe to wear. The shoe did not fit in. I saw myself, I was sewing a shoe for you, and I woke up, and I know what that means. That means there is something about my heart, about my belief, about my commitment that is not ready to step into that oil. So I went back into prayer, began to give, began to fast, began to hunger for God, began to study. I met him again. A few weeks later, he said to me, come. I saw myself again last night sewing a shoe for you, and the shoe, I finished making the shoe, and I gave it to you, and you wore it. He took off his shoe. He told me, say, wait, take my shoe. From that day, the prophetic shifted in my life. So after that vision I had, I now went into fasting. I went into prayer. I went into fasting, went into prayer, went into fasting, went into prayer. And suddenly, I just saw the prophetic began to manifest. So the problem was not the oil. The problem was not the ordination. The problem was not the man that poured the oil. But the vessel that received the oil was the problem. All right? So Jesus said to the man, go and spread the good news. When you experience God, tell it to others. What you experience, tell it to others. Get others involved. Listen, you are saved to save others. You are saved to save others. You are saved to serve. Someone is going through the same thing God delivered you from or the same thing God just gave to you. Somebody needs the same encounter that you experience. There is somebody out there who is hungry, who is in need. Get them involved. Say, hey, this is how God did for what God did for me. This is how God did it. This is what I felt. This is the encounter I had. I know that the same thing, you are in need of it. Come and enjoy. The man went out after you receive from God. It is not to sit down and be waiting for the next one. What do I receive next? I have not received my job. I'm waiting for my car. There is somebody out there that you must spread out the good news to, spread out the word to. And this why a lot of people, once they receive, you see, there are too many immature believers, let me use that word, or uninformed, okay, I think that's better, uninformed believers, uninformed believers. Now, this is what happens. I'm sure there are people who came to this meeting we just had, and they are disappointed. And these are people who I have been ministering to for a while, because the disappointment could be I didn't prophesy to them or whatever. It usually happens in meetings, okay? But now look at what it is. I can't keep prophesying to only you every day. Now, let me give us a, let me tell us what happens. Let me tell you. If you, are, if you attend the prophetic church, you will be guilty of what I'm explaining now. If you attend the prophetic church, you will be very guilty. You will be guilty of what I'm explaining right now. Now, you come into, in contact with your grace. You receive your prophetic, you receive your healing, and whatsoever. Awesome. Now, you are not the only one in the church, number one. Number two, you are not the other people are going to come who want an encounter. 
You don't expect the man of God to just focus on you every day, prophesying, looking for things about you, saying things about you. No. There are new people who are going to come. There are new persons who are going to come in, trusting God for a word, trusting God for encounters, trusting God for impartation, for deliverance, for healing. And not, I discovered I didn't even give attention to praying for the sick. Our next meeting, that's going to be my first priority, attending to the sick before doing anything except or just on God's. I love praying for the sick. I love seeing people get healed. I enjoy it. So now, what happens? You now started the church. You got selected, or you got called out by prophecy. They minister to you. We're excited. And you're waiting that the next week, they will do the same thing for you. The next month, the next two months, the next three months, it means you are not ready to grow. You are not ready to grow. So you have now received the word. You are what you do now is to start running with that word. Start publicizing what God has done for you. All right? Now, you, are, you have crossed the first level. It is now for you to receive that word by faith. Start running with the word, praying about the word. Now, build a culture of Bible study. Build a culture of prayer. Build a culture of fasting. Build a culture of sacrifice. So, right now, even if you come to the meeting again, your man of God didn't prophesy. What do you do? Tap into his prophetic oil with your offering, with your sacrifice. Tap his, into his prophetic oil with obeying his instructions. Okay, this week, everybody as you go home, go and fast. Whether you receive prophecy or not, take that his command as though he just prophesied to you. This week, everybody as you go home, go and do this. Take that instruction as though the man just spoke great words to you. When there's a general declaration, I decree everyone here you are blessed. Take it personal. Don't be waiting now for, okay, they have to call my name. They have to now, no, 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 no. Don't be waiting for that. I'm not saying that is wrong. No. But don't forget there are others also. It's not only you God gave birth to. So to avoid getting offended, to avoid getting offended, this is what you have to do. Build a culture of sacrifice. One of the easiest ways to tap to an oil is giving. Partner with the oil. Partner with the anointing. Is your giving? Pure the prayer culture. Pure the fasting culture. Pure the Bible study culture. Get involved in the soul winning. Publicize the gospel. Go out there, tell people. In the course of you doing that, you are attracting that oil. Another thing you do, create time. Create time. Go see if you have things you feel are they should see about they should see about you and you are not getting the space because all that has been attended to. You should create enough system and atmosphere that you should be able to walk up to your man of God. If you can't walk up to your man of God, there's something wrong with you, or there's something wrong. If you say you are a daughter and a son of the house. And you can't, you don't know how to navigate and create atmosphere to assess your man of God. There is something wrong with you. Something wrong with you. Anyone I call a mentor, if I want to see them today, I will. Anyone I call a mentor, whether they are home or abroad, if I want to see them, I will. Except they are not so totally unavailable, I understand. But if I want to see them, I've created the fellowship enough. I've created that communication enough. I've created that honor enough. I've created the partnership enough that when they hear that it is me, they will not say no. 
They are busy. They have things to do. They won't say no. I went to see one, and I was like, hey, this is it. He said, talk, oh, I know you came from Vota region. Don't, don't sit down and be looking. Talk. I'm like, if I'm done, say you are not done. Say everything. I say, but there are people there, almost 40 persons waiting for you. He said, more are still coming, but you are my son, and you came from far. Sit down. Be free with yourself. Do. Let's talk. Let's talk. Because I've created that atmosphere. But there are some who want to behave like a baby. And they feel every day you should be talking to them. Every day you should be praying for them. Every day you should be every day. Come on. That's not how it works. Your maturity can even attract your miracle. Growing up and taking responsibility. There are people in churches now. Some of you are here listening to me. In the church you attend, you are supposed to be the one now doing follow-up. But now you are still looking for who will come and follow you. My pastor did not call me. My pastor did not attend to me. My pastor did not ask me how I'm doing. I went to church. I was frowning deliberately. So the papa will ask me, why was I frowning? He didn't even ask me. He just he didn't even see it. I think he's not a good man of God anymore. He's not this thing. Come on, you are being a baby. You're just being a big baby. You're just being a big... Nobody is saying that you don't have issues. But you need to know how to take what you want. You need to know how to get what you want. Take what you want. All right? This is how it works. The church is a busy place. A lot of people are coming. A lot of people are, I want to get attended to. So you that is particularly, this is why people who miss out of an all year more are those who are close to the prophet. Anybody close to a prophet usually miss out of the all year. 90% of them. Because why? They feel entitled. They feel entitled. This prophet is calling them, calling them. He has not called my name. It's only once since I came to this church now. This is two years. He hasn't called my name again. They don't call your name. Call your name by yourself. They don't call your name. Tap into the oil with your seed. Tap into the oil with your service. Tap into the oil with obeying instruction. Tap into the oil with fasting. Tap into the oil with booking a one-on-one -on -one session. Tap into the oil by going for counseling. You can provoke oil to function. You can provoke oil. So don't sit down feeling entitled and feeling disappointed and all of that. It could even be you receive the word and it looks like the word has not come to pass. You are still waiting on the word and you feel the man of God, there is something you feel he might tell you or you want him to tell you or explain to you and he's not picking you again by prophecy. Book a session. Get into that place. Place a demand and pull the oil. The woman with the issue of blood, Jesus would never have located the woman. The woman with the issue of blood. Jesus would never have located the woman. She was the one that said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made whole. There are times you go to church, you say, that, I know I will not be able to see the man of God. But if I can touch where he sat down, I know that things will be, will be fine for me. I remember when I was in Nigeria, I was having some challenges. I needed some contract I was praying for. Did everything, did he wasn't coming. My pastor, unfortunately, wasn't a prophet. But we've had prophets visit our churches. So I had a little inclination of the prophetic. I picked up one of the things I said at my workplace. Took it to my pastor's office. He was not there. I told the secretary, I need to use my pastor's chair. They were like, no, you know we don't do that, you can't do that. I said, please. I need to use the chair. He said, no, you can't do it. I called my pastor. I said, sir, I'm in church. I want to use your chair. They were like, why? I said, sir, look at, look at, look. I'm having this challenge. I brought this for sacrifice. You are not in church. I don't want to wait for you. I don't want you to even be bothered about me. Let me use it. And he called the secretary. He said, allow him. I went there, dropped my sacrifice on the chair, prayed. 
prayed, I left, the door was opened. My pastor was not there, but I knew and I have the faith. If this man sits here, there is something on this seat that I can draw out from. I remember I was ministering in Accra some years ago and the man of God was not in the house. And I called out somebody by prophecy and I saw that this person was angry with the pastor. This person gossiped the pastor. This person does not support the things of the church. And the person was going through a problem that needed a turnaround. I told her, I said, get a seat. She got it. I said, go to the pastor's seat, drop it on the seat and ask God for mercy. She was looking at me like, you are here. You should pray for me. I tell him I should go to and pray on his seat. I said, go there. She went there, did it. I heard later that she got the miracle that the pastor had been praying about, not knowing that this lady had been gossiping about him. This lady had been doing things about him. She had made her mind not to support the church anymore because of something that happened. I came, I saw it, I sent her back there, and that was how she got her miracle. So we must be um, strategic, walk by faith, and grow up. Grow up, grow up, grow up. Somebody tell someone for me, grow up, grow up, grow up, grow up. Tell somebody, grow up. Type it on your screen. Tell someone for me, grow up, grow up, grow up, grow up, grow up, grow up. Please, you are a son, you are a daughter of the house. We are growing. We are growing day by day. And it is easy to get offended if you don't understand these things. All right? So now I've thought about it. I will not be guilty anymore. It is easy, very easy to get offended. Very easy to get offended. So get your heart fixed. Get yourself positioned. Get your heart fixed. Get yourself positioned. Get your heart fixed. So Jesus said to the man, go and spread the good news. So after you receive the same thing you receive, go and tell others. After you receive from God, don't sit down and be waiting. Oh, okay, I've gotten my car. When will I get married? While you're waiting for your marriage, go out and spread about that car. You've received your deliverance. You're waiting to see the testimony manifest. While you're waiting for it, go out and spread the gospel. Partner with the gospel to spread how you got delivered. If you read the book of Luke chapter 7, you see all the women that followed Jesus. Mary Magdalene, um, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod Stewart, all the women Jesus casted out demons from. The next thing they did was that they became partners to the ministry of Jesus. They didn't start waiting for um, this thing. No, they became partners immediately. They became partners immediately. They became partners immediately. That's how you mature. That's how you get mature. Take responsibility. Go deeper in the things of God. That's how you protect what you have received. That's how you get more of what you have received. Take responsibility. Spread the gospel. Spread the good news. Spread the good news. Get involved. When you hear giving, don't sit down. No, they didn't prophesy to me to this. I will not give. You hear prayer, don't sit down. They didn't prophesy to me. I didn't, um, um, I, I won't pray. When you hear fasting, don't say me because they didn't prophesy to me. So it's those with no, 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 don't do that. You're going to keep yourself back. You're going to pull yourself back. Take responsibility. Take responsibility. Take responsibility. Take responsibility. And watch your life get shifted. Watch your life get shifted. I decree that your seasons are changing right now. I decree the hand of God is coming upon your life and family. Those that we are short are opening. The words you have received by prophecy, by laying on of hand, they are coming to pass speedily. 
They are coming to pass speedily. They are coming to pass speedily. I don't know how long you've waited for that word. Maybe one week now, one month now, one year now. But hear me, God is not a man that he should lie. That word is coming to pass. That contract is coming. That marriage is coming. That visa is coming. That favor is coming. That help is coming. Promotion is coming. Good news is coming. Your next level is coming. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number four, be careful of pressure. Number four, be careful of pressure. All right? Be careful of pressure. Some of you, I understand that there are things you want so badly. I understand that your expectations are high. Be careful of pressure. There are people whose answers come automatically. There are some that come in process for different reasons. God knows best. As men of God, we might have reason to tell you, you see, you have to wait this. We can't really explain it. That's what some pastors are afraid to tell you. We can't really explain everything to the call. God is the one who understands what he is doing better. All right? Certain things will come in, pro in process. Certain things will just happen automatically. Not because there is still one power, one demon that is chasing you. So because it has not come automatically, that means ah, nothing has happened in my life. That mindset is going to get you robbed off. Don't forget, the first thing that happened to the man, he got seated, he got clothed, his mind was right. Your mind must be 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 right. Don't think failure. Don't think nothing happened. Don't think, okay, they said, told me I will get a car. I'm still working, so it won't come. They told me I'm going to get this. Don't think to that direction. You're going to end up terminating what you have received and what you can receive. You will end up terminating it. Some things change spiritually and begin to metamorphose gradually into the physical. Certain things just come with a boom. I pray for people who got instant healing. I pray for some who their healing matured in process. I pray for people, somebody who got married in one month. I pray for somebody who got married in three months. I also pray for somebody who got married in one year. I also pray for somebody who got married in two years. Different people with different approach from God. I don't give husband. My duty is to pray and say what I see. Remember a lady I prayed for, said that she's not dating anybody. There's no guy and nothing. She got married in about three, six months. She met the guy from the day we prayed in six months. I didn't say the day that they got married legally. Did marriage, did wedding, everything was done in six months. I also prayed for others who it took one year. This girl that got married um, recently on this platform, I was asking her, how, I thought she had dated the guy all her life. She said, no. She just joined the platform when she met the guy. She just joined the platform when she met the guy. And they got married. How long was it? She met the guy around November or so. Around November. And last month, was it last month they got married? The last two months, I can't even remember. And they got married just like that. Last month, they got married. I thought they have been dating for some years. And I remember the day she brought the picture. Papa, pray for me. This guy should have married. Guy, I'll go ahead. The Lord said, he will marry you. So I thought it was something. I didn't even know that it was a word that I spoke. That was how the whole thing began. Just less than six months. 
or about six months. I've also prayed for people who got married after three years. So what do you do? Keep your atmosphere. Keep your atmosphere. Keep, be careful of pressure. Be careful of pressure. Oh, you have been praying, 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 praying. Where's your answer now? You have been praying, 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 praying. You, you, you came with this very strong faith. As I go for the, I, this one, I know that things will happen. And you, when you went there, you came back, it looked like things as if, be careful of pressure. Matthew 6. Matthew 6. 25 to 34. Oh God, I have 20 minutes left. My time is already gone. I'm just trying to add extra time. Get the Matthew 6. 25 to 34. I'm going to read it just through straight. Please be careful. Be careful. Some come instantly, some come in process. Pressure will make you impatient. Pressure will suppress your feet. Pressure will steal your joy. Pressure will steal the word you have received. Pressure will make you to begin to murmur. Be careful of pressure. Be careful. Be careful. Can I get my scripture, please? Matthew 6, 25 down to 34. You must learn to be unmovable. All right, let's run through this scripture very quick. 25, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, that ye, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? 26, behold, the fire of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much more better than they? All right, let's go on. 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add cubit unto his stature? If you read another version, we tell you that which of you, by worrying, can change your, your bodily stature? So it's not just talking about general thinking, but getting worried. 28. And why, why take ye thought for your forayment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not. Neither do they spin. 29. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 28. Okay, 29. 30 now. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the feet, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you of little faith? So your faith becomes little when you begin to think that, okay, because I've not gotten my answer now, it means I've not gotten anything. Let's go down to 34. Quick, let's go, let's go, let's go. Your faith becomes little. Your faith becomes little. Once you begin to think that, I've not... Thirty-one. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewither shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. Thirty-three. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Let's get the last verse, verse 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. 
sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So you see what he's saying? He said, God knows and have you in mind to bring you provision. So what you do, don't allow what you are waiting for make you get worn out. Don't allow what you are praying for make you get discouraged. Don't allow what you are waiting for make you begin to say utterances and behave in a way that would get God offended or get you wrong. You see, what you should rather do is to seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Seek the kingdom and its righteousness. And I trust God, and I'm telling you by the voice of the prophetic, that answer is coming. That testimony is coming. That miracle is coming. That door is opening. That your sacrifice, your desire over that sacrifice will come to pass. Heaven will open. Doors will open. Ancient altar shall be broken completely. You will get pregnant. You will get that job. You will get that visa. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Number five. One more and we'll go. Number five. Number five. Protect. Make positive confessions. Number five. How do you respond after an encounter? Make positive confessions. Make positive, speak the right words. Mark 4 verse 3 said that if you say to this mountain, whatever, whatever you say to this mountain, be I removed to the sea yonder, to yonder place. He said the mountain will move. Speak the right words. Don't speak words of complaint. Don't speak words of trouble. Oh, I'm still here. I'm dying. Oh, God went. Oh, God how? No, I know. I, it is changing. Doors are open for me. Doors are open for me. My season is changing. My story has changed. My level has changed. The Lord has done it. The Lord, my answer is coming. My car is coming. My favor is coming. Speak the right words. If you read Joel, Joel 3 verse 10, it says, let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. Bible is not saying they are not weak or they are not poor. Say, I know that you are weak. I know that you are poor. But this is what you should do. Let the weak say that I'm strong. Let the poor say that I'm rich. Let them say it. Don't just sit down and say, okay, and we are waiting. No, start saying it. Bible spoke, speaking about Abraham in the book of Romans. He said he called for those things that be not as though they were. Abraham was calling the things he was lacking in his life, calling for his children, calling for, calling for those things that be not. You're trusting God for a relationship after a prophetic encounter, and suddenly it looked like the man in your life just left. It's not to say, ah, ah, I thought the prophecy, hey, I didn't know the prophecy is fake. Oh, all you say to yourself is this. Listen, it could be that that man is not the right person for you. God just wanted to deliver you now. God delivers you in different ways you don't know. A good man is coming. A good man is coming. You will discern that that is the person. Just know that the devil is not trying to cause you loss. You do your thing, do your work, and declare he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. That job is coming. That help is coming. That favor is coming. That visa is coming. That open door is coming. It is coming. Stay on it in, in positive declaration. You're trusting God to get pregnant. And a word has been spoken. You, you feel like you are pregnant. You went to have a test. And the moment you are done with the test, it looked like it, shows, it showed you negative. Or you finish, the, you finish expecting to get pregnant. Suddenly, what you saw was blood. I am getting pregnant. I am getting pregnant. 
I am getting pregnant and it's a boy. I am getting pregnant and it's a girl. I will deliver safely. I'm getting pregnant. Make that confession and watch heaven respond to you with power. So don't just sit down. When you close your mouth or you begin to say negative words, two things. Either you have bought what God wants to do or you make it last longer. Two things happen. Either you have bought what God wanted to do for you or you're going to make the issue to now delay more. Let us learn the right way. If you read the book of Isaiah chapter 3 verse 10, it says, Say ye unto the righteous, it shall be well with thee. Isaiah 3 verse 10, Say ye unto the righteous, it shall be well with thee. If you read Proverbs chapter 6 verse 2, it says you are snared by the words of your mouth. Your mouth can become a trap for you. You can be trapped by the words you say. You can be caged by the words you say. Your words can trap you. So be careful of what you say. Number six, the last one, the last point is protect your joy. Protect your joy. Protect your joy. After an encounter, the next thing you do is protect your joy. The first thing the devil wants to do is that he wants to steal your joy from you. The first thing Satan wants to do is to make sure that you are not happy. So you get back, you discover that your husband begins to behave some funny way. If you are wise, what you do is don't respond. But pastor, it was too much. I couldn't stand it. What made you not to be able to stand it is what is what wants you to lose your blessing. Protect your joy. Your children begin to misbehave. Protect your joy. You get back. Issues get to your work. Listen, the devil always go mad when you are happy. So why don't you make him always mad? The devil always gets mad anytime you are happy. So why don't you make him always go mad? Why do you allow the devil to be happy? When you are sad, he's happy. So why do you always get sad? Oh, pastor, you don't understand. Sometimes I just feel overwhelmed. I understand. That is what the normal believer should do. Okay? What the normal Christian should do is to feel overwhelmed. But what the abnormal believer should do is to be joyful in the face of crisis, to be joyful in the face of confrontation, to be joyful in the face of difficult times. Protect your joy. Protect your joy. If you read the story of Hannah, all through Hannah prayed, because she was sad, nothing changed. The moment Hannah became happy, that was when she got pregnant. The moment Hannah became happy, the Bible said her countenance changed. That was when Hannah became pregnant. Protect your joy. Protect your joy. If you read the book of Isaiah chapter 12 verse 3, Isaiah 12, verse 3. He said, With joy shall you draw out of the well of salvation. With joy shall you draw out of the well of salvation. He said, What you are looking for is inside a well. This is not a demonic well now. This is a well where blessings are stored. This is a well where answers are stored. This is a well where testimonies are stored. He said, What you do is to draw them out. How do you draw them out? You don't use rope. You don't use chain. You don't use anything. No. He said you use joy. So joy has, I don't know what they call that. They used to draw water out of a well. What do they call it? 
the thing they used to draw water out of a well. I don't know what they call it. It says joy has a rope. Joy has that kind of cup that you can throw it through a well and begin to pull out water. Joy has it. Joy has it. So once your joy is intact, you have what it takes to pull out the answers you are looking for. Once your joy is intact, you have what it takes to take out what you are looking for. With joy, I thought somebody would post my scriptures. That means, are you put tired? With joy, shall you draw out of the well of salvation. The Bible said in the book of Philippians 4 verse 4, he said, rejoice, and I say again, rejoice. Philippians 4 verse 4, he said, rejoice, and I say again, rejoice. Rejoice, I say again, rejoice. So Paul is saying, after the first one, after the first time, he said, rejoice again. Rejoice in the Lord. And I say again, rejoice. So your joy now should not be based on what you are waiting for. Your joy should just be because of the Lord. I love the Lord. So give thanks unto the Lord for his good and his mercy endure forever. That alone is enough. Enter into his gate with thanksgiving and his court with praise. Rejoice in the Lord. Thanksgiving should be your character. Protect your joy at all costs. This is not a time now, whenever you have an encounter, it's not a time to begin to have issues. It's not a time to begin to have problems. It's not a time to begin to banter words with people, looking for who did and who didn't do, who didn't do, who did and all that. No, it's not a time. Protect your joy. And listen, joy comes with a physical expression. Joy comes with a physical expression. Joy comes with a physical expression. It starts from the heart. It is rooted in the heart, but it springs forth. Like Auntie Patricia. I was looking for Auntie Patricia yesterday. She just disappeared on me. The way she was smiling throughout the meeting. I said, God, I must, this woman, dear, I must pray for her before she goes. I didn't know how she just disappeared. Some of you didn't, you didn't do me well. You acted like strangers to me. You just came and you ran away like that. It's where? The way she was, the way her face was just so bright. I was, she, she alone cried was just making me get excited. Joy comes with a physical expression, smiles, songs. Dance, shout. Joy is not calm. No. Joy is not calm. Joy comes with an expression. And it is the expression of joy that puts a seal on the joy that is inside of you. So if you are joyful, you just say, no, 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 no. Your joy must come with a shout. Your joy must come with a dance. Your joy must come with a leap. Your joy, there should be a physical expression. That is how you put a seal on your joy. So many times we've said, I'm joyful, I'm happy. But have you seen those who watch sports? The moment their team wins, you see the joy they express. They are not being paid. Now they are being, some are being paid because they are now gambling with it. They are playing their bet at all, so they are getting their own share. I think the, the thing is becoming fruitful to them. Because many people have died in, on football 
um, this thing. They have died at the football this thing. Why? Waiting for their team to win. For nothing. They lost and they had cardiac arrest and they died. But today now, some of them are now betting their life away. At least there is something they are even waiting for. You see them shout, begin to run everywhere as though something just happened. That is how you should respond. That is how you should respond to joy. Shout. Why are you shouting? My baby is coming. Are you serious? You are pregnant? Say no. But I know my baby is coming. Why are you dancing? My car is coming. I'm rehearsing my wedding dance. I'm rehearsing my, my, my good news dance. I'm rehearsing. Why are you dressing nice? I'm rehearsing the way we enter my office. By the time I get my desired job, this is how we enter. Joy must be physically expressed. Joy is not stored in the heart. You don't store joy in the heart. If you read the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Acts chapter 2, verse 47. The Bible said they were of one heart and they rejoiced. Praising God, if you read from earlier verses, they were, they were of one heart. 47, he said, they were praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily as such as should be saved. They were praising God. So what the praise brought was favor. He gave them favor. And the Lord began to bring increase. The Lord began to bring them increase. The Lord began to bring them increase. The Lord began to bring them increase. So because they were happy, they began to praise. While they were praising, favor began to hit them. So every favor does not come by prayer. Some favor come by joyful praise. Some favor come by joyful praise. Our next meeting there, we're going to have instruments. We will dance. Some favor come by joyful praise. Some marital settlement come by joyful praise. Some open doors come by joyful praise. Come by joyful praise. Addition. Faith causes addiction. The last scripture, Psalm 67, 5 and 6. Psalm 67, 5 and 6. As a believer, you must master this. Every day there will be things to make you sad whether you like it or not, all right? The world we live in, plus the devil, their father, we always look for a way to make you sad. Every day, you must see reasons to be sad. But what you should do and how to respond as a believer is to respond with joy. Look at this. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Verse 6, tell me verse 7 also. He said, Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God even our own God shall bless us. So when the people praise, the earth begins to yield increase. When people praise, the earth begins to yield increase. So God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. When we praise God joyfully, increase becomes our portion. So you don't wait for increase, you provoke increase. How? In praise. Don't only wait to church to praise God. Praise God in your in your in your private time. You are in your room.
Declare five days of praises. It works. Declare three days of thanksgiving. Declare seven days of praises. Wake up in the night, dance. You can't sing, play songs on your phone. You want your own song, sing with your mouth, clap your hands, give God a joyful dance. You're going to give Satan, brain tumor by such expressions. The devil will say, I'm troubling this lady. I'm troubling her marriage. I'm troubling her finance. All I expect now is for her to be crying. Why is she dancing? I'm troubling this lady. I'm troubling the health. All I expect is for her to be moody. Why is she dancing? The devil will get bread tumor because of you. So there is a way to respond to prophetic encounter. You can cause a change in your life. You can cause a change in your family. You can hasten what God has said. You can even receive the one God had not said. Solomon, Bible speaking about him, the Bible said he came to God and brought a thousand bought offering. And God said to him, what do you want? He said, God, I want wisdom. God said, because you are not asking me for greedy things. He said, I'm going to give you more than what you have asked for. I will make you rich that till you die. Till war to come, nobody will be as rich as you. There was something this man did to provoke the hand of God. You can do the same. You can provoke God to function in your life and in your family. And I decree that your change has come. Mm. I decree that your change has come. Your change has come. Your change has come. In the name of Jesus, your change begins to manifest. Your expectations begin to come to light. Your desires get granted right now. Doors that were short are opening for you right now. Your prayers are betting answers right now. The prayer requests you wrote, they are bringing you testimony. The seeds, the offering, the titan you have been giving, trusting God for something mighty. It will produce results in your life. It will produce results in your life. It will produce results in your life. The Bible said, He giveth seed to the sower and bread to the eater. The Lord is giving you seed, He's giving you bread. He's giving you seed to sow. He's giving you bread to eat. He's giving you seed to sow. He's giving you bread to eat. Whatever you are listening to this broadcast, either today or after now, I declare a miracle in your life now. Whatever chain that is still holding your life bound, that chain is broken now. Whatever limitation is frustrated now, is frustrated now. The chain is broken. The limit is broken now. The limit is broken now. The altars are frustrated. Whatever that is not of God inside of you, I command that thing out of your life right now. Begin to receive physical expression of what you are waiting for. Receive that baby. Receive that car. Receive that visa. Receive that increase. Receive that favor. Receive that open door. Receive that testimony. Receive the healing now. Receive the healing now. Receive the healing now. Receive the healing now. Receive the healing right now. And I decree the impartation you have received, the anointing you have received, it will not die. It will not die. Let it begin to speak. Let it begin to manifest. Let it begin to produce results in your life. I call you blessed. I call you favored. Your dreams will not be manipulated. Your eyes are open to see clearly. Your ears are open to hear clearly. Your dreams are clear. Begin to receive insights. Begin to receive revelations. Henceforth, you know what to do. The Lord speaks to you expressly. You know what to do. You know what. You will not be confused. You know what to do. I speak blessings. I speak blessings. I speak blessings. 
I speak blessings on you. I speak blessings on you. In Jesus' powerful name, I call it done. Amen and amen. So please, if you came in late, even if you listen to this teaching, I would love you to get back and re-listen to it again. The Bible said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen and listen and listen to it again. And I trust God. The next time we are meeting, we shall be sharing a testimony. The next time we are meeting, we shall be sharing the good news together. All right. God bless you. You are in Volta region. You are in Sukakope tonight. We are meeting at Hebron Guest House just at 5 p.m. for another encounter. I feel heavy in my spirit. I thought we were actually ministered in the meeting, but my spirit feels heavy. I have not discharged all of myself. Tonight, we have fire to discharge. So carry enough tank to carry fire home. Carry enough tank. What you mean? Carry enough tank to carry fire home. All right? I gave you an instruction last week. Remember what I said. If you forgot, ask admins of the instruction. And we'll be coming back to Accra next month. Get yourself ready. Tell someone about the meeting in advance. We'll be starting our 21-day um, online meeting prayer. I think the, the news is going, the date is going to come on this week. We'll be online 21 days. We're going to have guest ministers coming to ministers. So we'll be on Zoom, Podbean, Zoom, Podbean, Zoom, Podbean. We'll be going off and on like that, Zoom and Podbean. If we're having guest ministers, we'll be on Zoom. If we're not having guest ministers, we'll be on Podbean. It's going to be a straight 21 days prayer conference. And I trust God. I trust God. Something is breaking out of your life. Something is breaking out of your life. Something is happening in your favor. This year will end the year well for you. And you will come back with a testimony in the name of Jesus. Keep trusting God. Keep believing God. Keep the heart of honor and thanksgiving. And at the end, we're going to come back and say hallelujah to the King of Kings. Until I see you again, my name is Pastor Norbert Freeman. You know I love you, and there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. At any time you are led to give an offering, to give a tithe, to give a seed, the contact is out there on the platform. The contact is out there. One of the strengths of the things of the Spirit is consistency. What a lot of us do, we give tithe only when we have what we are expecting from God, and we are done. We will take break. We will give seed only when we look like something we are expecting from God, and we are done. We'll go on break. We'll give up freely when it looks like. That's not how to follow God. The things of the Spirit works by consistency, whether it's prayer or whatsoever. Consistency. 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 It works. It works. It works. I love you. See you later tonight. Have a good day. And bye-bye.